Let's look to God's word this morning. I want to look to First uh, Peter chapter two. We're back in First Peter chapter two, and um, last time I was here, I preached verse nine. He told us that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people of God's own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into light. I want to deal with verse 10 and 11 today. Once you were not a people. See that? Yeah, we were nothing. But now you are God's people. Come on, say amen. I believe that's what the problem is today. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we belong to. So yeah, a lot of people just go, they're going through their Christian journey, not knowing that you are now God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against our souls. I want to talk about this morning when God's people rise. Amen. Last week I talked about when Christian men rise. I want to talk about when God's people rise. This passage of scripture or this book of First Peter, this chapter, we are on a journey. And the question is, what does that mean? To you. When God's people rise. Some of us you may say. That's not got. That that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm good. Where I'm at. I'm I'm living my life. Uh, That really means. That doesn't really mean anything to me. But with the tension-driven society that we're living in right now, we must remember that as a believer, we still have a responsibility. If anyone should rise now, it should be God's people. Have you noticed before the pandemic, and before the injustice and the racial uprise in this country, we were all doing the same thing. We were going about our lives. We were living. We were just doing everything driven according to self. Amen. There's few of us who are thinking about other people, but the truth of the matter is we were just thinking about what? Ourselves. 
Amen. The Bible is clear when it says in Matthew 28 that we ought to go. And we ought to reach. But that mandate to go has fallen on deaf ears. Churches are losing their reach. Or their ability to go out into the community and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, most of the messages before the pandemic was geared around self-help. Mm-hmm. It was more self-help messages. Messages that would inspire but not move us to make a difference. I wish I had somebody. Um, we're living in a day where as believers... We have to understand that we have a responsibility. We have to represent Christ in a dying world. If the world was not listening before, I believe that if we rise as God's people, the world will now listen. I read a news article the other day and it says... Coronavirus has brought America to its knees. I wish I had somebody. It seems to me that if it's not the virus, it's something else. Amen. We as believers cannot give in to the pressures of the world. The world puts pressure on us to choose. Amen. But if we're going to make a difference, we have to rise. It seems like the more you try to do right (laughs) in your Christian life, the more things go bad. But you got to remember, amen. That if you think Corona is bringing the U.S. to his knees, wait till Jesus cracks the sky. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess the name of Jesus. And whereas I watched a couple hours of CNN this week, Amen. They still don't have a solution to the problem. But we are a hidden gem. We have the answer to the problem in society. If God people, if God's people rise, what difference would it make? We live in uncertain times and But we have to remember as believers, we're no longer of the world, but we're in the world. With so many more shootings and people rioting and uh, we have an election coming up and we, we have, amen, all the other stuff that's happening. It seems like we are in a time of uncertainty but can I tell you something today none of this 
has caught God by surprise. Can I ask you a question individually? What is God calling you to do? How are you going to rise? How are we going to rise? Peter is writing at a time. And here's, here's a revelation for you. Before I get to Peter. Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty to 24, you don't have to go there. This is what he pronounced. He pronounced a woe to three cities who did not repent. Amen. He went in there and he says, woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you, Corazon. He pronounced on those cities. He said, it would be better for you. It would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. Cities that he had renounced. Cities that he had said, y'all not living right. Repent. Come on, somebody. Jonah went through Nineveh. One sermon, two words. <laughs> Amen. Repent. And I look at America today. And I ask the question, how come America will not repent? Amen. And then how can they repent if we don't go out and compel them to repent? The cure for COVID-19. The cure for racism. The cure for injustice, the cure for violence is repentance. Jesus spoke to the cities. And so if we're silently taking up a corner of the city without compelling the world to repent, our only message is to repent. Return to the Lord Jesus Christ or come to know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. Saints, we have to rise, but when we rise, we have to rise with a message not just to black, not just to white, not just to all other cultures, but one message that breaks down all color lines and that is the message of Jesus Christ. It's up to us. And while George's death is not in vain, Jesus' death wasn't in vain. A law was passed this week to reconstruct policing. But it may not go through when it gets to the White House. But the question is, what about the hearts of the people? The change that has to come. And this change will only come until the church reaches out with the gospel. Because if not, that change will be temporary. Are you following me? Peter writes to explain to every believer that when you're, when you're living in a society that's divided. 
in a society that's dark, in a society that's devilish, in a society, amen, of depression and downcast and all these other things, you have to remember who you are. You are God's chosen people. And then he goes on, he says, he says in verse 10, he goes backwards. So the question is how or when God's, when God's people rise. He says, once you were not a people. Think about that for a minute. Once you were not a people, you thought you were an American living in freedom. But he says, in all that you thought you were, you were not a people. You see, when Adam sinned, it put, put us all in the same class. Depravity. He said before this. Amen. We were living as. We, we, we weren't even a people. We weren't even a race. He says once you were not a people. What Peter did is he referenced Hosea. When Hosea was speaking to the children of Israel. To cause them to come back to God. He had to remind them where God Picked them up. I wish I had somebody. And so, and so, and so if God's people is going to rise, we got to, we got, here's what we got to do. We got to first recognize who we are now in Christ. Thanks. I want to tell you something. Recognizing who you are and whose you are is the key to understanding why we ought not to be marching, but we ought to be praying. Why we ought to take our faith a little bit more seriously. Why we ought to invest our time in prayer. Why we should invest our time in trying to cause other people to come to Christ. When you recognize that before, you and I had no identity. Amen. We had no identity. We were not part of anything. We thought we were part of something, but we were self-driven. We lived for ourselves. We served ourselves. Everything was about us. Everything was about, was about me. Everything was about what I want. Everything was about my house, my car, my life. And guess what? We, there are a lot of people who die in that mode. But he says, but now you are God's people. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And can I ask you a question? As God's people, how's that working out for you? How do you look when you go out into the world? How do you represent God as his people? We are chosen by God, given a second chance, I told you last, the week before, and now we have a responsibility to live for him. He says, you were once not a people. Are you with me? But now. But now. You know what I found out about a person? When a person doesn't know who they are, they will spend the, their whole life trying to figure that out. But the Bible already told you who you are. So why don't you pray like it? 
Why don't you praise like it? Why don't you live like it? Why don't you worship like it? Come on, somebody. Why don't you do things like God's people? What? The, how does God's people operate? They operate in integrity. They, they operate in uprightness. They operate in truth. They operate in love. They operate in faith. They operate in favor. He says, listen, you, you, you know, you were once. And see, and that's your testimony to the world, to a dying world, to say to them, listen, I once was where you were. Oh, amazing grace. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. I once was lost. But now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. Now I am God's. You got to put that label on you. I am God's people. I no longer belong to any class or race, but I belong to God. I wish I had somebody. See, when you know who you are, come on somebody. Not only will you, not only will you recognize who you are in Christ, the next thing he says, he says, and once, see, past tense, right? Pa- pa- past tense, with present results. Now, looking from the past to the present, he says, once you, you know what I love about Peter, what Peter's doing here? Peter here is reminding them of their past, not to live in it, but pointing them to their present so that they can continue to live in the present. See, and oftentimes we forget what God has done for, some of you ain't been through nothing. You ain't been through nothing. Amen. You need to go through something. So you can recognize this stuff. But watch this. He says, once you had not received mercy. 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 But now. Oh, but now. Once you wasn't a people, but now you're God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What is mercy? Mercy. This word means, what he's saying is to help. It, it word means to help one, one who's afflicted. One who's seeking aid. To help the afflicted. To bring help, watch this, to the wretched. Savage. (laughs) Nasty. (laughs) Bougie. Come on, y'all. Listen, listen, listen. It means to bring help. Watch this. Mercy means, you you ready for what mercy means? Mercy means I don't get what I deserve. Grace is different. Grace is favor. Mercy is, I deserve it, but I didn't get it. Listen, listen. Those who are freed from deserved punishment. That's what mercy means. I deserve punishment. Do I have anybody here who've had a a dose of mercy? Come on, somebody. Do, do Do I have anybody here? 
this morning who can tell me this one. Listen, I've tasted that mercy, Pastor. I, I deserve to be dead right now. When God's people rise. When God's people rise, you will rise not in arrogance, but remembering the mercy and remembering that you won nothing before God. So the next thing you got to do, you got to remember. We receive God's mercy. And it's only because of his mercy that I stand here today to say thank you, Lord. The only reason I have what I have is because of his mercy. I don't deserve any of it. Why should he give it to me? Why should he even give me anything else when I don't deserve it? Without God's mercy, we're done. And what we have to do is go out here into this world... And we have to extend that mercy to somebody else who deserved to be dead. But oh, we can preach the message and teach the message and share that mercy with them through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how we change America. We rise, God's people. Hallelujah. It is over for many of us if we don't have God's mercy. Oh, I thank God I got away with some stuff, so I thought. But oh, his mercy. I thank God that, listen, 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 listen now. Had he not, listen, and even while I was yet a sinner. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You remember driving home, not knowing how to get home? I wish I had somebody. You remember the stuff that you got involved in? And listen, you should have been dead and gone and... Listen, you missed death by seconds. And guess what? His mercy showed up. Even as a sinner, he was covering you with his mercy. See, you thought, and then guess what? And that's why it happens again. Because you thought you got away. But you didn't really get away. It was God extending his mercy, trying to get you to recognize him. See, in his mercy, you see him. You don't think, but, but see, the world thinks, well, if I get away with it, it's me. It's luck. It's lady luck. No, it ain't the horseshoe you got on your hand. It ain't the rabbit's foot that you got between your leg. Come on, somebody. It ain't, it ain't, nah, it ain't John the Conqueror root you got in your purse. It ain't that. No, it ain't that. It ain't that. It ain't that. It ain't those lucky charms that you think you have around you. Just because you got a cross over the, over your, over your door at home. Just because, yeah, you got a Jesus picture on your wall. Just because you carry around, yeah, a cross on your neck. No, it's God's mercy. Those things can't save you. God is real. And if God's people rise, and remember, man, it's God's mercy. I'm living today. I'm about to go on. We have to show that mercy. We have to show the mercy, that mercy to the world if we're going to rise as a nation. Verse 11. Verse 11. Look how he changes his conversation. He says, beloved, I urge you. Mm-hmm. That word parakaleo in the Greek, that word means it's to invite, to invoke, to, to make a call. It's a calling. When he says he urges them, he's making a call. It's a calling, saints. 
when God's people rise, it's not just us going out. It's a calling that we're living out. Are you with me? He says, I urge you. As what? As what? As sojourners. You know what that means? As an alien, as a foreigner. That's what he said. A sojourner is a foreigner. You are not, you were not a people. Now you're a people. But now on earth, positionally, you are a foreigner here on earth. On earth you are. And what? And exiles. Who he says? One who lives on earth as a stranger. Amen. A Christian's whose home is heaven. I wish I had somebody. Peter makes an appeal to them to remember that you're not of this world. So why do we engage so much in trying to look like the world? Why do we engage so much in the things of the world if we are no longer compatible with the world? You take a Mac and you got a PC. The world is the PC and the Mac. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's the believer. And when you take the Mac and you try to put a Mac disc in a PC computer, they're not compatible. I wish I had somebody. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It cannot work because there's no compatibility there. You take an Android and an Apple and still there's no compatibility. You have to go to the Play Store, whereas with the Mac, you got to go to the App Store. There's no compatibility. So what he's saying is, stop trying to look, feel, and find comfort in the world if you want to change the world. We can change the world, y'all. We, the church, can change the world. We just don't know who we are. We live in America. But we're not Americans. You say, what do you mean we're not Americans? We are Christians. We are, he says, beloved. I urge you as sojourners and exiles. We have a mission to unbelievers. We are strangers on this earth. So the next thing we got to do, if we're going to rise as a people, we have to represent we represent, we, we are representing God to the world. I said this last week. Gandhi said he would have been a Christian had it not been for Christians. And I believe that as believers, we have to start living what we hear preached. We have to stop being like the world or inviting the world in the church to change the church because we are no longer of the world because we have received mercy and we're just passing through. So watch this. If I am just a sojourner and an exiled, watch this, an exile to this earth, watch this, it means this. You ready? I'm living here. Ready? But I have no permanent attachment to here. So guess what? I'm not no I'm no longer living for myself. 
I'm not attached to things. I'm not attached to people. I'm not attached to my house. I'm not attached to my car. I'm not attached to my money. Why? Because I'm just sojourning through here. And I'm representing Christ on earth. So can I ask you a question? What type of representative are you? The word exile means one who comes from a foreign country into a city or a land to reside there by the side of the natives. Oh, I wish I had somebody. The moment you accept Christ, you become a stranger to this earth. Oh, man, but it's all about blessings. We've been exiled here at this moment. Salvation, our mission should be, should you choose to accept it, is to witness to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ because you and I have been exiled here on a mission. When God's people rise. You recognize, you remember, you represent But lastly, look what he says. He says, because I understand between here and heaven, you're going to have a problem. You know what the problem is? Your flesh. See, the flesh will make you think nothing has happened to you. He says, abstain. Right? From the what? From the passions of the flesh. Tell your neighbor there's a war going on inside of me. There's a war going on inside of you for your suke. Your soul. And when you trace that word out. Nefesh. So you have your spirit and your soul. But I want to tell somebody here today, there's a fight going on, soul brother and sister, on the inside. (laughs) There's a soul fight. Every day you get up, you got to fight. Because here's the thing, the world still wants you. But it wants you to destroy you. But God wants to use you To be kryptonite to the world. I wish I had somebody. The text says. Abstain from the passions of the flesh. Which wages war. Against your soul. That word abstain means to hold oneself off. To beat the craving. The longing. The desire for what's forbidden. To hold yourself back. To refrain yourself. When you want to give in. When you want to retaliate. When you want to go out and break something. The last thing you got to do. You ready? God's people. What you got to do? You got to exercise restraint. Restrain your flesh. From retaliation. See, we think that retaliation is the answer. No, reconciliation is the answer. Restoration is the answer. 
Regeneration is the answer. Those are big Christian words right there. That if you know them, you can say hallelujah to them. Because that's what you have received. Mercy. That's mercy wrapped up in those three R's. Does it make sense? Watch this. He says, take care because see, while on earth you still struggle in the flesh. Paul says, when I desire to do right, my color shows up. My shape shows up. My smell shows up. It just shows up just the way I like it. He says, you got a war going on inside of you. And I believe that a lot of Christians are living behind closed doors. Because if the world sees you, you wouldn't look no different. I wish I had somebody. You see, many of you have mixed feelings about what's going on in America. But you have to be careful. I get mad too. Every time I watch 45, I get mad. Seriously, I get upset. I'm like, what, 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 what is this guy thinking about? But I have to be careful that my flesh does not deceive me and cause me to seek retaliation or revenge. You see, you don't know until it hits home what it means to lose a child to police brutality. We could talk all we want, but you're not living in the shoes of the parent. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and listen, it's, it's easy for me to say this, these things, but I say these things with conviction. I say these things believing it, that the only way that you will make change or get change is if God's people rise. We have to know that there's a war going on against our soul. Not just our soul, but the law of our mind. Making us a prisoner to ourselves. And every day, you and I have to suppress the desire for retaliation. We have to suppress the, 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 the desire to take matters into our own hands. Sean Bell. Oscar Grant. Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, Eric Gardner, Sam Du Bois, Philantro Castillo, Jordan Evans, Emantic Fitzgerald Bradford, and George Floyd. We haven't forgotten. We, God's people, will rise and bring veneration for the suffering that you endured. Don't you see it? It's time America wake up and understand that this country was founded on principles found in the word of God. But there's one who suffered injustice. There's one who couldn't breathe when they had him hanging on a cross. And his name goes down in that list as the first one on that list. Jesus Christ. And he suffered so that change would come to us so that we would become a people because before we were not recognized as a people. 
And maybe George's death will now cause us to be recognized colored people in America that we are people. That yes, we have red blood in us. That we have a class. But more than that, when Christ died, he moved us from that class to this class. Believers of Jesus Christ can rise, can rise and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you today.